Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Tiger Cats leading the Alouettes 18-13. Sixth inning, Blue Jays up 6-3 on the Red Sox. Edmonton Stingers just tipping off at the Expo Center against the Hamilton Honey Badgers and the Edmonton Prospects just getting underway in Medicine Hat against the Mavericks. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Quick traffic note. Text it to 630-630. Bus fire on the QE2 northbound, just north of the airport road turnoff. Uh, bus on fire. Wow, okay. So uh, watch out for that. Hopefully no one injured in that. But uh, it's just the text I have coming and don't have any other details. Of course, you can always text 630-630. And for news stuff, don't hesitate to call our newsroom as well. 780-466-NEWS. That is 780-466-6397. A lot of news in the hockey world this week with free agent signings, including this young man, a former Edmonton Oil King, latching on with the Buffalo Sabres with a new one-year deal, and that is Curtis Lazar. Curtis, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? It is... uh, I'm doing great, and it's uh, it's great to have you on the show again, man. We've been doing this for a while, back since uh, you were uh, 16, 17 with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and now, uh, you know, seven, eight years later, you're still checking in on Inside Sports. So, uh, so good to have you. And and the latest here is that you're joining the Buffalo Sabres organization. Tell us a little bit how this shook down for you. Yeah, no, uh, again, I mean, a bit of uncertainty uh, just with all last season and stuff, and. You know, it had some dialogue with the Flames. Uh, they they looked into a contract, and that's uh, I just thought it was best for me to you know kind of decline that and and see what else is out there. I had a, an awesome season with the mainly down uh, in the American with the Stockton Heat, which I mean was that step of development that I, I kind of skipped you know when I broke into the NHL. And so it was much needed for myself to you know get some more ice time, play some uh, you know prominent roles, and really you know rediscover my game and my scoring touch. And uh, I think the next step in that is seeing if it translates the NHL and just for my opportunity standpoint uh you know calgary there they got a pretty good team and you know i didn't really see where you know I'd, I'd have a spot or i'd probably just have a limited role if i if i did resign so i looked out there i had some interest and in some dialogue with some other teams and ultimately uh you know nailed it down to the savers well, it, it's interesting you said that, Curtis, that the AHL was a step you skipped as a, as a younger player coming out of the Oil Kings, and then you jumped uh, straight into the Senators lineup in 14-15. You played 67 games with them, and sometimes that's uh, a, a knock on teams that they that they bring guys along too, too quickly or that maybe it can hurt uh, players' development. Like, looking back now, you know, do you feel like, man, I needed that transition year or, or, or two? Like, how, how do you sort of sum up uh, that time now? 
I uh, honestly, you know, I, I think so. Uh, you know, breaking into you know the pro ranks and you know being drafted in the first round of the team, everybody aspires to be NHL, and there's only you know a few select spots. And, and when that opportunity comes up, it's there's not many guys, if anyone, that would ever say no to the NHL. And uh, as a 19 year old with Ottawa, that was uh, you know, kind of my spot, and you know I knew I could handle it. And and my versatility was something that allowed me to stay afloat in the NHL. You know, I can play center and wing. I, I can be a you know a pretty solid checker. It's, when I, I did put up good numbers in junior and, you know, I just kind of transformed into that role player and for, you know, any player and stuff is, you know, you want to keep on growing your, your game. And, and I kind of just lost a step in that. And then, you know, you're just trying to fight to stay in the lineup. And so it, it was much needed for myself to kind of take that step back. Obviously it's uh you know, it, it's a tough thing to do because, like I said, as everybody wants to be at the, the best level they can be, but uh, allowing myself to, you know, settle into Stockton, play, like I said, play big minutes and, you know, just kind of feel good about my game again, it, it was much needed. And, I mean, the grand scheme of things, I'm still only 24. I, I've, I feel like I've been around the block, uh, you know, once or twice, and I know all the ins and outs of the game, and uh, I still got a lot of hockey ahead of me. I'm just turning into my prime years here. Well, yeah, I think that's that's a great perspective for sure. And you mentioned the Flames organization, second overall in the regular season. The playoffs obviously didn't go the way they wanted, but but a pretty deep organization. I know I know you touched on it a little bit, but did you just look at that lineup and say, and you were kind of saying to yourself, you know, who do I immediately overtake on a team that that just won over fifty games? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was up for about three and a half weeks last season, and I only managed to get into one game, which, I mean, turned out to about four minutes of ice time. And I just didn't want to go down that road again. And I mean, credit to the Flames for, you know, having such a, such a solid team and, you know, taking a step in the right direction. And as much as I'd love to be a, a part of things and, you know, the winning to come, uh, I just thought for something myself is to, to go to a team that, you know, has that opportunity, uh, you know, a chance for me to really grow with an organization and, and just find my niche. And, uh, you know, talking to the same and whatnot is I, I felt uh, felt comfortable right away. You know, I had some great talks with uh, Randy Sexton, Jason Botterill, and uh, Ralph Krug. We talked multiple times during the interview period, and uh, and it just uh, you know I like the direction that they're going, and, and I'm glad to be uh, you know in the fold there. What was that interview period like, Curtis? You know, in, in, in real life, as I like to call it, you know, we all go through the job interview where you got to show up in appropriate attire and, and be ready for questions. <laughs> it's probably, a little, yeah, probably yeah. a little different for a pro hockey player because they've been watching tape of you do your thing for the last few years. What was the interview process like? It, uh, it was really cool. And uh, I think Matt Zuccarello said it best when he said the. Uh, you feel like the best hockey player in the world because you know, you get teams calling you and pitching you every single day, and obviously it's not the magnitude of, of him, but uh, it, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he talking from teams, I, like I said, I had a few options out there, and, you know, you get away the pros and cons, and, you know, you're getting a phone call almost hourly from your agents just talking about what's going on here and there, and, and it's uh, – it's a pretty hectic time, and uh, you know I was very fortunate, and, and I knew you know I'm always one that bets on myself. And after the season I had, I knew there was going to be some interest. And I know a lot of people they look at oh he didn't get qualified, you know he's he's washed up, he's done. Well, well not really. I mean there's there truly was an opportunity to go back to Calgary, and I just wanted to see what else is out there, and uh, and it turned in our favor. So uh, I, again, it, it's pretty cool. You know you're talking to guys, uh, you know management from all around the league, and, and trying to see where you fit in there organization and you get asked questions too I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things is you get to talk to them and, and have your questions answered before going into training camp so when you get there you know there's no excuses everyone's on the same page and uh, you hit the ground running when you were playing for Stockton last season I mean did you find yourself playing in a, in a lot of different situations and being relied on quite a bit 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I went back to playing mainly center, and, and that's something that uh, I do feel for me to be successful at the NHL level is I, I am a natural centerman, and to, to get the most out of me, it is to play down the middle. And I have discussed that with Buffalo and whatnot. But uh, I mean, just overall, it's I mean, I I kind of was one of the older guys in Stockton, was just how the trend is going. Is you know that you have those younger prospects, and you know the Dylan Dubes, the, the Yusuf Alamakis in the world, and you know you, you have to live with them and kind of teach them the ins and outs and, and prepare them for the next step so you know credit to, to the whole the staff down there my teammates and and everyone in Stockton for allowing me just to go with my business and making the year a really fun one Curtis Le- Curtis Lazar joining us on Inside Sports former Edmonton Oil King now signing on with the Buffalo Sabres for a, a one-year deal Curtis uh tell me a little bit about your your summer I know you go back to BC uh training same approach to your off-season training doing anything different this year what's up with that uh, pretty much the same old. Uh, back in yeah, beautiful Kelowna, BC. Uh, still a great contingency of guys out here, which allows us to, to skate and you know, really push each other. And they got uh, a couple hockey camps coming up here. I think that the Power Edge Pro, which I don't know, it's, I'm sure some people have seen the clips of you know the guys out there with the props and slipping on their sticks and everything like that. And, and that's a skill set to really work on. But no, I mean, you go to the gym, you're trying to get faster. That's that is the trend as well. I mean, the, the days of you know lifting heavy and everything like that are kind of behind us. It's you know quick 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 and uh going through the whole process this past week uh it's it was exciting and now you look at the, the calendar and we're at july 4th or whatever we are right now and it's i want to get to october you know i want to start playing and stuff and there's still lots of, of work to be had but uh i'm already itching to get going have you been skating almost every day already or what's the on ice routine like oh i, I mean i've only been out a, a couple times here and there it, it is good for the body to uh you know reset itself and I mean like I said is this this past season I probably did the most of, as a pro that I have in my career so you know the body's a little bit more banged up and, and everything like that and and I think it was you know good for for myself and just to, to take a step away from the game you know still be a kid and uh, clear my head before you know sitting down and, and making that decision to join Buffalo so you know a couple times here and there but it's obviously going to start amping up in the near future. Well, Curtis, we wish you all the best. You still got a lot of fans here in Edmonton, and uh, you still go down. As I know, you hate when I say this, but one of the greatest <laughs> oil kings of all time, if not uh, the greatest from from the modern era. I don't want to embarrass you, but you were pretty darn good. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for checking in. All the best with the Sabers. I know we'll talk down the road. Yeah, thanks, Reed. That is Curtis Lazar. Really interesting interview. Good to catch up with him. Wishing him all the best with the Sabres. And I was very interested in what he said in that interview, that he basically shouldn't have been in the NHL when when he was younger, right after uh, he finished his career with the Oil Kings, that he needed some time in the AHL, and he is now getting that and uh, hoping to uh, continue his career. I think he still has a lot of hockey left. Smart young man. Hopefully he gets it going with the Buffalo Sabres. As he said, just played one NHL game this past year with Calgary and didn't get a lot of ice time. Inside Sports on 630 Chet coming up on 716. A little bit uh, from Tyler Benson when we get back. Edmonton Oilers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
prospect, had a really good year with the Bakersfield Condors, and he won the Brick Invitational when he was 10 years old. That's next. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Classic track. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you very much for tuning in. Edmonton Stingers underway at the Expo Center against Hamilton halfway through the first quarter. 14-8 for the Stingers. We will keep you updated on that one as we move along tonight. Well, this young man hoping to move along in his career. But first, uh, we are going to look back with Edmonton Oilers prospect Tyler Benson, who joins us on the line now. Tyler, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's awesome to have you on the show again. Thanks for uh, checking in. And I wanted to talk to you the, the Brick Invitational in full swing at West Edmonton Mall. And uh, you are an alum of uh, of this team. Does this week always bring back some memories? Yeah, it does for sure. Uh, I mean, in the past years, I've always been able or like to uh, go out and watch a few games. So it, it was a cool experience for me. And uh, it's one I'll always remember. It was one of the first big tournaments I was in. Well, what do you remember about making the team? I mean, that's not easy. It's it's Alberta wide. There's there's thousands of kids who would love to be on that team. What do you remember about going through the tryout process? Yeah, no, I just remember the feeling of making the team is pretty special. Um, I was uh, growing up as a tournament I always watched, um, uh, seeing some of the, some of the guys, some of the older people I looked up to uh, playing on the team. So it was a jersey I wanted to wear and a team I wanted to play for. So. It was a special moment uh, making the team, and uh, it was a great tournament. Uh, it's one of my greatest memories still to this day. Well, that's really cool you say that. I, I always go to the, the day they have the news conference and, and bring the team out, and I always interview a couple of the kids, and they'll say, this is the, the biggest thing that's happened in my hockey life, which is pretty cool for them to, to achieve a goal like that. So I guess you must have felt that way at the time too. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a very exciting tournament. I mean, stepping out of the, onto that ice and there you got a bunch of fans watching you at the age of 10. It's a cool experience and, and today it's, it still sticks with me, the feeling of it. What was it like playing in West Edmonton Mall? Did that feel a little different once you got out there? Yeah, it did. Uh, it, was, it was definitely different uh, with, the, with the roof uh, open like that, with the sun coming in. Uh, it, was, it was different. Uh, the fans right on top of you. Um, just leaning over the glass, having your family right there. Uh, it's, uh, it's different playing there, but it, was, uh, so it kind of makes the experience a little bit better, I think. All right. So you guys won. What do you remember about the final? Uh, who'd you play? Do you remember any details of the game? Um, the finals, uh, we played uh, Detroit. Uh, and uh, there's... The, no, I can't remember too many details of it, uh, but... Uh, I remember, I think it was Tyler Steenberg, and I think he scored the game-winning goal for us. It might have been a 2-1 game. Can you, I mean, so many players from this tournament have gone on to play in the NHL, and a lot of guys in your age range are, you know, getting into their pro careers, getting into playing in the NHL. Can you tell listeners, the the players who were on your team, you were, you were telling me before we started here, it's, it's a pretty amazing list. Yeah, no, we had we had a really good team. Uh, we had uh, Tyson Joseph was on our team, Sam Steele, 
uh, Dylan Dubé, Mason Shaw, Kale Clegg, David Quenville. I mean, uh, those are just, just on top of my head right now. Um, but there's a pretty special team. Tyler Steenberg, and as I said earlier, uh, just uh, it's pretty incredible to see uh, all these guys that I played with at the age of 10 that have carried on with uh, success in hockey and, and keep trying to drive to be better. Tyler Benson joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Some memories of uh, him playing in and winning the Brick Invitational for Team Brick Alberta back in 2008. Uh, Tyler, just a couple questions about where you're at right now. The Bakersfield Condors, you guys had an incredible winning streak during the season. I know the playoffs didn't last quite as long as, as, as you would have liked, but uh, how do you reflect here on, on the Condor season, maybe both as a team and for you individually? Yeah, no, it was a great, great year all around. I mean, um, I mean uh, that 17-game uh, win streak we had this year is pretty special. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun to be a part of that, and then even all the success we had all year long. It's a great team to be around. We had a great group of guys, and I mean, just showing up to the rink every day uh, is enjoyable. Uh, we had fun this year, and um, we had a really tight group, which uh, made this year awesome. And uh, for me personally, I thought I had a great year. Um, really happy with how it went, and I uh, just wanted. To, I guess just have a really strong year just um, to start my pro career. I'm happy with how it went, and I just want to continue with uh, training this summer to try and make another step forward in my career. Tyler, both Dave Tippett and Ken Holland have said that there there could be opportunities for young players, players who were on the farm last year, to, to push for a spot on the NHL roster. I mean, the Oilers are going to need some uh, some younger players to contribute to however they can, and, and your name comes up with that sometimes. Are, are you thinking about that at all right now? Do you try not to, to, to worry about you know what could happen in, in training camp? Where are you at with that opportunity? Well, my mindset uh, going into camp is I want to earn a spot. Uh, that's why I'm training right now. That's uh, why I'm working so hard this summer. It's uh, so I can play in the NHL and uh, start to become a full-time player for the Oilers. Um, that, that's my dream, and uh, that's that's what I, that's where I want to be uh, come September and October. All right. Well, good to hear. Hey, thanks for checking in today, man. Uh, I, I know you're uh, you're keeping busy training and and uh, enjoying being back in Edmonton this summer. So it's always good to have you on Inside Sports, Tyler. All right, yeah, thank you for having me. That is Tyler Benson, prospect for the Edmonton Oilers. Mentioned he won the Brick Invitational with Team Brick Alberta in 2008. And Team Brick this year, 5-0. and They had an early morning game today. They beat the Boston Junior Bruins by the score of 2-1. Final round robin game tomorrow at 9-10 a.m. at the Ice Palace. Team Brick will take on Team Manitoba. If you miss it, we'll have the score on Inside Sports tomorrow night. The latest... On the Kawhi Watch and other fun and games with Sean Fitzgerald when we get back. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. You sure are. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Quick update here over at the Expo Center after the first quarter. Canadian elite basketball action. Edmonton leading Hamilton 21-19. Baseball in Medicine Hat. The Edmonton prospects leading the Mavericks 2-0. Mavericks are batting in the bottom of the first. CFL tonight 18-16. Hamilton and Montreal. Nine minutes left in the third quarter. Montreal hanging in there in that one. And the Red Sox get six in the sixth. Now into the seventh inning and they lead the Blue Jays 7-6. Man. 
Fun week. A lot to talk about. Oilers news today. Philip Broberg signs an entry-level contract. He was the eighth overall pick of the draft in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. We had Alex Chase on on the show right off the top today. You miss anything, you can go to the Inside Sports page on 630chet.com or sign up for the Inside Sports podcast on, uh, what do you call those things, iTunes and all that kind of fun stuff. All right. Uh, I'm pleased to have our next guest on the show because he's one of these gentlemen, whenever we have him on, we just always seem to have a a fun chat that can sometimes be meandering, but uh, I usually enjoy it. So hopefully uh, you do as as well. I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports from uh, from The Athletic, Sean Fitzgerald. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I was really looking forward to that interview until I realized it was me you were talking about. (laughs) See, that's kind of disappointing. I'm just going to hang up and listen now. Yeah, yeah you're just going to be like, oh, I guess I called in early. Uh, like, wow, this sounds like a really good segment coming up. Oh, that guy. Jeez. Uh, well, you got you got an incredible title. Like this, this makes you sound really important. You're the senior national writer for the Athletic. You're senior, and you're national, and you're a writer, which is getting to be a bit of a lost art these days too. That's pretty impressive. I've never found the art, and I think the senior part's just because I'm old. Uh, so other than that, like I think, I think once the birth certificate ticks past a certain year, like you, you get the senior. I'm pretty sure that's what it is because it's it sure as hell not any qualification giving you know in the journalism field. Uh, it's just an age thing. Uh, you're, I'm old. You're, that's what it is. You're, you're you're too modest. Well, it's good to check with. I mean, in the past we've, uh, well, I know we've talked about a variety of different sports in the past. We're we're gonna tip it off tonight. Hey, how about that? I see what you did there. Yeah, the uh, the I appreciate the, that. The the Kawhi watch. Like, are you following him around? Like, where has he had breakfast? Where is he eating today? <laughs> well, I can tell you right now. I'm looking out the window of my office onto downtown Toronto. I can see the CN Tower. I can see the DVP. It's it's strange. The DVP, the highway here, it's actually moving. So you can tell that's unusual. Um, but I don't see Kawhi. So. I can update you now, live, here from Toronto, that I do not see Kawhi with my own eyes. But you are still... Which, let- which makes me as informed as about 98% of the population. <laughs> but you are still under the belief that he is in the greater Toronto area. Is that fair? I can't confirm that he ever was in the GTA <laughs> after... I mean, we all saw the, we all saw the helicopter follow the, the cars from the airport, and we, we think we saw the cars pull into a hotel, but... But maybe Kawhi wasn't in it. Maybe he was. Maybe maybe they snuck out and went to a different hotel. But we sure as hell camped out in front of that other one and spent six to eight hours there. It's it, it's really interesting. I've, I've been trying to think about this. I can't, and maybe you can. Um, but, like, who is a Canadian parallel? Like, what? when has this ever happened before? And the closest, I think, maybe that I've heard is, is maybe Gretzky in 89. But, like, do you remember? Like, did they follow Gretzky to the airport after he left? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, or 88, excuse me. Uh, yeah, 88. Uh, I, I rem- obviously, the news conference was on TV. And, and like, look, I grew up in a rural area an hour away from Edmonton, so we had two channels, and, and they carried the news conference live. I don't know if they followed him the air. I remember there was footage of him, I think, arriving in L.A. I don't know if anybody got right. followed him to the... Because he kind of did the news conference in Edmonton, right? Where it was like, okay, I'm saying goodbye. He wasn't trying to sneak out of town or anything. Pocklington might have wished that he himself could have stuck out of town. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Wayne Gretzky didn't get the air traffic chopper following him down the highway to the airport. Like, that's 
I can't think of another example. And I'm trying to figure out what that means. Like, does it mean that we're in the social media shareable, you know, all of this visual goes on to Twitter right away and everybody follows it. And, and that's why it seems like there's so much more noise. Or is there something more? Or is there something to the fact that, you know, this this really is, it's, it's a Toronto team, but I think what, what they showed is that this really does congeal the basketball community across Canada, that, you know, you had, what, 14,000 people watching Game 5 of the Golden State Series in Mosaic Stadium in Regina. You had you had hundreds of people gathered on Peel Street in Montreal, not a noted place of Toronto support, by the way, right. to watch the Raptors against Golden State. You had viewing parties in Halifax. Like, I'm from a, a formerly sleepy suburb here called Burlington, and, and they turned over the whole downtown uh, near City Hall and called it Burlassic Park, and they had thousands of people watching there. Like, in a way, it's a story about the Raptors, yes, obviously. But in another way, I think the, the, the story on the parallel track is that, you know, the Canadian basketball community has for so long sort of existed in the shadow of hockey. I mean, for obvious reasons. Canada has been a hockey country for a long, long time. But I think that what this did is it, it allowed basketball and the community and the fans and the players and the rec league players to sort of have their moment in the sun. And I think the rest of us have probably now seen just how big and robust and vibrant it is, not just not just here in Toronto, but across the whole country. Well, that that's a great point. It's It's been pretty cool seeing it and seeing people get on board and, and longtime Raptors fans, I guess, kind of be rewarded for, for lack of a, a, a better term. So, it, it, Oh, it is, no, reward's a good term. And yeah. like this team, I mean, this team was garbage, hot garbage, hot garbage in a dumpster fire in a train wreck for a long, long time. And, you know, there are players who didn't want to play here. Like, do you remember the old stories in, like, 2002, 2003, 2004, that, like, there were players who didn't want their children learning the metric system? There were players who left Jeez. because you couldn't get ESPN. One player complained that there was too much curling on TV. Like, there were a whole bunch of reasons, and it, it really fed into, I mean, certainly the Toronto neuroses, but I think our broader national neuroses of, oh, my God, what other people think of us. And, and here you had Kawhi, who came up, and, you know, there were reports that maybe he didn't want to sign or didn't want to report, but he did. He didn't say much. And all he did was go out and destroy the Eastern Conference and bring Canada its first NBA Finals championship. But when does he say much? I mean, the guy has the same number of facial expressions as Darth Vader's mask. Here's the interesting thing. Kawhi Leonard, when he does talk, if you listen, he'll sometimes say really interesting stuff, right? And, like, you know, the, the message is, like, when they were down 0-2 to Milwaukee, um, they say, hey, Kawhi, what are you going to do now? He's like, well, going to go back to Toronto and play game three. Um, which, you know, he was smirking. Like, he didn't say it, you know, not self-aware. He is self-aware. He knows how he's perceived. But, you know, if you look at it just on the superficial level, like, Kawhi Leonard as a quote would be what? Maybe the third, fourth best quote in any NHL locker room across the country? <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah. That's a, right? That's like a good that's, I'm not even, like, I'm being kind of a smart ass there, but it's, it's kind of true, isn't it? Like, you think about it, like, he's being, he's being put up against a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of different athletes. Like, in the NBA, players are allowed to have personality. They're allowed to be themselves. They're allowed to have things like brand. They're allowed to speak their mind, and nobody's going to, you know, yell at them. Like, Steve Kerr is one of the most outspoken uh, critics of President Donald Trump in the U.S., and he's a basketball coach. Like, in hockey, if somebody does something funny on Instagram, everybody yells at them, you know? Like, so I think Kawhi, in the context of, 
you know, what we consider quotable or entertaining. Um, you put him up against hockey, he's a pretty entertaining guy. Sean Fitzgerald joining us from the Athletic Senior National Writer, talking a little bit about the uh, the Kawhi watch. So, what does your gut tell you about uh, the contract, the and and the length? Oh man, I mean, I think if what he signs a is it a one and one, then you can get the supermax, um, and that seems like it could be something that could happen. But the really the, the other layer is that. Nobody knows. Like the, the other layer of intrigue is that nobody knows what makes this guy tick. Um, is it money? Because Toronto can offer him more years and more money. Um, is it being competitive? Because you know any of the three teams that are allegedly in the mix, the, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Raptors, can all be competitive, but with all different situations. One, you know, it's the Clippers. It, it's still the Clippers. They're, they're still the Los Angeles Clippers. You're never going to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers. If you go to LA to be with the Lakers, then then you're going to go be with LeBron. And no matter how much LeBron might say he's going to defer, it's still LeBron James. So, you know, are you comfortable being a second fiddle? Or, or if you come back here, like, are you? comfortable having an entire city province and large pockets of the country just adore you we don't know what makes him tick maybe he does want to be second fiddle because he was in san antonio with tim duncan but maybe he also wants to be the big superstar where there's 37 million canadians now and 7.7 of them watch game 7.7 million of them watch game six against golden state and many millions more seem like they're paying attention to his every move now so we don't know what motivates him we don't know what would make him make a decision to go one way or the other? And that's that's part of the whole intrigue of this whole thing. That's part of the fun, honestly. Well, yeah, it is. And I know Jalen Rose said yesterday it's it's 99% these staying in Toronto. It, you know, fair enough. But this isn't like um, NHL free agency last weekend where we knew everybody was signing by noon on Sunday, right? Like, like it's, it's, yeah. it's a little more tight-lipped than, than all that kind of stuff. Uh, Sean, I want to s- uh, switch gears with you. Uh, the uh, shameless promotion segment of the interview. I hope you don't mind. Uh oh! What, what are you selling here? Are you, are you going to sell me something? No, you get to. Oh, oh, you, me? you oh. get to tell people you 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 <laughs> you got out your typewriter or several notepads and you you wrote a book. I wrote it longhand. Yeah, I know. As soon as I get to the photocopier, I'm going to make more copies. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's called Before the Lights Go Out. It's with uh, McClellan Stewart um, for the Penguin Random House. It's coming out October first. It's available for pre-order now through uh, Chapters Indigo and Amazon. And it, it, it's part of what we're talking about here. It's it's charting Canada's evolving relationship with hockey. That I'm a really terrible beer league player. I have an eight-year-old who loves hockey and plays select-level hockey, which means he's on the ice you know, four or five times a week. My four-year-old daughter is going into hockey school this fall, um, and, and they love it like we are by any measure a hockey family. But um, I, think it's, I think it's important that Canadians start to take a look at what hockey's become, that the structures around it have made it far more exclusive, uh, exclusionary, not just exclusive, but um, that it's, it's harder to get into. And more than that, it's not just the money or the time commitment. It's that because of all the options and because of all of the headaches that hockey can present, um, people just aren't connecting with it by choice. And, you know, they can go to basketball. They can, they can do other stuff. And, and that's fine. That's not a bad thing. But I think it's worth examining what it might mean for Canada, say, a generation from now, if hockey doesn't have the primacy it does. Because I can sit here in Toronto 
And you and I, Reed, can have a long conversation about hockey, and we can find out all the different connections we have to the sport and, you know, similarities. And even though all of the miles between me standing here right now and you right there in the studio, we have that in common. What happens to us as Canadians if we don't share some of those things in common? And, and that's what the book sort of sets out to try and Try and explore. That, that's a great idea. I, I look forward to reading it, and I think that's a very relevant discussion. And you you bring up some things that I've done segments on on this show with with minor hockey parents or people involved in minor hockey. Uh, the cost, the hours that that have to be put in, and, and I mean, look, the 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 Brick Invitational tournament is going on at West Edmonton Mall. And that's for the best 10-year-old kids, and there's teams from all over Canada and the States. And you know what? Some people object to that because they're going to say, why, even if kids are exceptional hockey players, why do they have to commit to this sport 11 months of the year? And and I know some parents or or even some kids themselves who might love hockey struggle with that, right? Because they want to do other things. They don't want to have to think like an NHLer when they're 8 or 9 years old. And I love hockey. I do. I love playing it. Again, caveat, I'm terrible at it. Um, but you can see it. And the brick, it's a really interesting one because what you might not even realize is, I mean, obviously everybody in Edmonton knows how big the brick is. You know all of the alumni. You know P.K. Subban. You know all the people who have been there. But the ripple effect is, I mean, talking about my 8-year-old, last year he played spring hockey. And it's an idiot move on my part because spring hockey, hockey season is supposed to end at the winter playoffs. But in the spring hockey as a seven-year-old, he came up against a team that was already preparing to make a run at the Brick Tournament in a couple of years. And, and these kids had been on the ice essentially 12 months a year. And, you know, some of them aren't even old enough at that point to, to read chapter books or books without pictures at that point. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're so young, and you're just wondering, you know, all the all of the, the barriers that are coming up, the, you know, the money, the, the time that you're burning kids out, you're scaring other families away, what's the end point? And I don't think it's good. And I think hockey as a system, not just not an individual, that's the thing, is there's no individual blame. It's just the system we've all collectively allowed to grow up around the game. It has to be addressed or we're going to have to accept the fact that, you know, hockey might not be as big for our kids or their kids as it is for us. Well, and, and that ties back to our, our Raptors discussion, right? And I mean, I, I got to have Rowan Barrett on the show last week, and he said, well, what, the six kids drafted into the NBA this year, another Canadian signed after the draft, uh, 13 NBA players, Canadian players in the NBA last year, and he said that's the, the Steve Nash effect, seeing a guy play, win the MVP. So where are we? I mean, if you and I are doing this in 10 or 20 years... Or, you know, are we talking about a Canadian basketball team that could be winning Olympic medals or playing in the Final Four at World Championships, right? Like, maybe maybe we're headed down that this path now with, with basketball in Canada. I mean, and, and that international play is a real interesting one. I mean, they're sending out invitations for the World Championships this summer, and, like, you know, they're sending out invitations to NBA guys. Like, it's, it's not people playing in France or Italy necessarily anymore. It's, you know, the first choice, they're all playing in the NBA. Like, that's... That's big time. And, I mean, you mentioned the international stage, and, you know, we talk about hockey as being part of our fundamental identity, and it is. Like, you close your eyes and you think about Canada, you think about maybe Rock Carrier's the hockey sweater, you know, the one with Maurice Richard yeah, and the, yeah. uh, the number nine sweater. Um, and, and so much of it is wrapped up in how we perform internationally. But if you take a look, like, 
take a look at who was drafted in the top five of the NHL draft. Take a look at the fact that I don't think there was an Ontario Hockey League kid taken in the first round. And that's not to say the OHL, the WHL, Q. I'm just saying, like, it's a first time for something. And you take a look at Canada's overall market share of roster spots in, in the NHL, and it's it's gone from about nine within our lifetimes, by both the people on this phone call, within our lifetimes from about 96% to below 50%. Like, if you and I were running coca-cola or ibm and we lost that much market share in that much time we would be out of a job so all of these things are happening in concert and they're all forces that are you know really working against the ongoing primacy of hockey in this country and again i want to emphasize that it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's worth exploring because of the place that hockey holds in all of our hearts and all of our souls and what it means to be canadian if you want to check out uh, Sean here, you get him on Twitter, Sean Fitz underscore Gerald, senior national writer for The Athletic. The book coming out in October is Before the Lights Go Out by McClelland and Stewart. Uh, is available in stores October 1st, but you can already pre-order it, and Sean has that link on his uh, his Twitter page. I, I look forward to that, Sean. Thanks for talking about the Kawhi watch as well. And I got a text here <laughs> from Jay Bueller, who's one of our, my more entertaining texters to the show, and Jay says, Kawhi watch is that made by casio (laughs) (laughs) i'll look into that i'll have to report back i'll do some i'll do some investigative journalism into that Sean, we'll have to... As soon as I'm uh, done photocopying copies of my book, i got to do that, too. i gotta you got you to gotta get to work. And we'll definitely yeah. have you on uh, around the time it comes <laughs> up. comes out for sure. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Great Sounds stuff. Sounds great. Thanks, man. Have a good one. That is Sean Fitzgerald checking in, senior national writer for The Athletic. I love talking to Sean. Very, uh, very smart guy. Very informed. Very funny and uh, very easy to talk to. Love saying... Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease with him. We will take a quick timeout. Final look at the scoreboard inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chet. to speak with you this evening inside sports on 630 Chad the Edmonton Oilers have signed this year's first round draft pick Philip Broberg to an entry level contract taken eighth overall at the draft in Vancouver 18 years of age as you know from Sweden a big kid around 6'3 200 pounds really good skater and uh, hopefully can one day blossom into a very good defenseman for your Edmonton Oilers it is the Red Sox still leading the Blue Jays 7-6 in the bottom of the seventh the Edmonton prospects up 2-1 in Medicine Hat that's in the bottom of the second inning the uh, Canadian Elite Basketball League game over at the Expo Center 217 to go in the first half the Edmonton Stingers lead the Hamilton Honey Badgers 49-42 Brick Invitational earlier today Team Brick 
5-0. and They beat the Boston Junior Bruins 2-1. They play again tomorrow, 9-10 in the morning against Team Manitoba. And Team Brick Alberta will try to win and nail down a bye into the semifinals. And Canadian Football League tonight, Montreal. Ahead of Hamilton, 22-18. That is after the third quarter. Uh, Eskimos on a bye week. Winnipeg and Ottawa tomorrow. On Saturday, a doubleheader. BC plays at Toronto. And then Calgary, uh, likely not to have Bo Levi Mitchell in that game, visiting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and their new-look Gainer mascot. Another home game for the Rough Riders. Another night for people to complain about Gainer on social media. We had Jamie Nye on the show earlier this week, host of the Green Zone on CJME Radio in Regina. Used to work here at 630 Chet several years ago. Awesome guy. Uh, um, but uh, from from Regina, and uh, he, he had this to say about the new Gainer. That is an imposter pertaining to B Gainer the Gopher. <laughs> this is an outrage. Whatever the Riders did to old Gainer, let him find the key, let him out wherever they're hiding him. That is a, just a monstrosity of a makeup, make the facelift mascot I've ever seen. Like. A, a carrot top has a better facelift than Gator the Gopher for crying out loud. You're you're actually upset about it. I have grown up here. I have a my kids have little Gator the Gopher mascot toys that they play with, and none of them look like that because no no child would want to cuddle a toy that looked like that because those eyes they're just staring at you, frightening. Frightening stuff from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There's a petition. I encourage all rider fans in the Edmonton area to sign this. That know what I speak when I speak of this outrageous mascot that was pertaining to be Gainer the Gopher. No, that was just revealed last night. Nobody had seen it before the home opener. No, the old Gainer was at a wedding on Saturday in Saskatchewan. <laughs> How Saskatchewan is that, by the way? Gainer the Gopher shows up. So. That's what we know. Gainer the Gopher was spotted. Felton Johnson, our game day analyst, said he was at a wedding. The old Gainer was there. And so whatever happened between Saturday and Monday, something tragic has happened to the old Gainer, and we fear the worst. That was uh, Jamie Nye on earlier this week. He was on Tuesday night here on Inside Sports. People not happy with the new Gainer the Gopher. I don't know, Kellen. Was it that bad? Uh, it's a drastic difference to what it was. It's a it's a gopher costume. Yeah, pretty much. How much different can they look? <laughs> well, it's just the, like people are upset the eyes are too human. That's really the only complaint. I think you're opening Pandora's box with that comment. How <laughs> different can they look? Well, do we have a do we have anything to give away? Yeah, Eskimo tickets. All right. If you have ever had a pet gopher, first caller through <laughs> 780-496-0063, and we'll have no way of checking it. So basically, when Kellen answers the phone, you have to say, I once owned a pet gopher, or something along those lines, and Kellen will give you the Eskimos tickets for the game against Toronto on July 25th. Sound fair? I don't know if we've ever done a giveaway themed like that, Kellen. Fun show tonight. Thank you so much for listening. You heard from Sean Fitzgerald, Tyler Benson, Curtis Lazar, Randy Hahn, and Alex Chason. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. Kellen will upload the audio from the show. Touchdown Montreal. How about this? They are up 28-18 on Hamilton early in the fourth quarter. 
as uh, they try to get into the win column. We are back tomorrow night. Jed Roberts, Eskimo alum, scheduled to join us. He's always entertaining. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening. Adler's next. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.